Hin series, Opera That Speaks, Theater That Sings, presents A Fairy Queen. A radio play in four episodes recorded in five cities in four countries on two continents after A Midsummer Night's Dream by W. Shakespeare. Music by H. Purcell. Concept and construction by T. Nelson. Creatively produced by M. Pita with the Amsterdam Baroque Orchestra Het Kabinet and the Baroque Ensemble Innovatio. Featuring Mr. Jake Arditi, Ms. Sarah Kuden, Mr. Carl Dupont, Mr. Gerard Lee, Ms. Sylvia Leith, Ms. Lucy Page, Mr. Aaron Sheehan, Ms. Melissa Wimbish, and myself, Mr. John Search, your host. Hello out there. A Fairy Queen is a radio study, an intellectual pursuit on the airwaves. Upon waves of air, flights of angels sing thee, and thou shalt like an airy fairy go. So long as men can breathe, or eyes can see, so long live this, and this give life to thee. Well, I William Shakespeare, the most salient and abiding voice of the early modern theater, wrote A Midsummer Night's Dream, Professor Marjorie Garber tells us, in the same year that he wrote Romeo and Juliet. In a way, we could say that A Midsummer Night's Dream is Romeo and Juliet turned inside out. Romeo and Juliet transformed into a comedy. And in a play about plays and playing, when the characters of this dream say, the course of true love never did run smooth, the tale of history to which they are referring is a strangely familiar one, a tale of star-crossed lovers. It is the tale of Romeo and Juliet. Too like the lightning doth cease to be, ere one can say it lightens. The play presents parallel worlds. Each of these worlds is a reflection and refraction of the other. The elements here are night, illusion, dream, disguise, playing. The result is comedy but also and chaos, for danger too, in the very ambiguity of the wood. The same attributes that make the magic possible also make it dangerous. Around the edges of this enchantment lurks the possibility of real madness. As contrasted with the delicious midsummer variety, the state of the lunatic rather than the lover or the poet. To set the play to a historical perspective, it is useful to recall that a virgin queen sat on the throne of England and that Queen Elizabeth, a powerful female ruler who called herself a prince in formal proclamation, was celebrated by Edward Spencer in an epic poem, The Very Skill, the first three books of which had been published in 1590, a few years ago. The word I thank you, good fellow. The word fairy is related to the word fay or fate. The play's the thing we're in. We'll catch their hearts and make them sting. Ah, yes. Fine then, we'll pin the tail on the tail in a different way. We'll wander in the woods, we'll wander and wonder together at the changeling child love. 
who changes love to love and ass to ass as day changes into night. And now, here in this wood, in the space between that day and night, which is dusk, we wait as they begin to appear, appear for a fate, for the fate of fairies with its king and its queen and its fairy at arms, all mastered in ceremony by Puck. Puck, a rogue, a quixotic and mercurial forest fiend whose sweetest choice is solitude, but who girdles the fates in an embrace of essence and accident, which is love. Oh, Puck, shh, be still now. They're coming. No, they're here. Just look at that. At them. Fairies. Did I mention that the word fairy is related to the word fay or fate? <laughs> the fate of fairness and a fay fairy fate. That was lofty. There's a comely verse about this. For fairies sing what's on their minds, and fairies do what's in their pants. Fairies may not be refined, but shake the mountains when they dance. Look, it's Puck, love, and be sight. Len. I said, shh. Make space. Listen, learn, languish, and love. Then live. Now. How shall we find the concord of this discord? Right. Love. How happy some or other some can be. Things base and vile, folding no quantity. Love can transpose to form and dignity. Love looks not with the eyes, but with the mind, and therefore is winged Cupid painted blind. Nor hath love's mind of any judgment taste, wings and no eyes figure unheedy haste, and therefore is love said to be a child, because in choice he is so oft beguiled. As waggish boys engage themselves forswear, so that boy love is perjured everywhere. And I am a robin, good fellow, I'm he that frights the gentry of the villagery and sometimes makes a drink to bear no bomb, misleads night's wanderers laughing at their harm. Some hobgoblin call me, some swing sweet fuck, and some I bless, that they may have good luck. Am I not he? I'll speak aright, I am the merry wanderer of this night. I jest to Oberon <laughs> to make him smile, and then his proud Titania I beguile. Now, fair Titania, the fatal hour draws on apace. Four happy days bring in four different moons. And oh, methinks, how slow those old moons wane. But mark how, Oberon, four days will quickly steep themselves in night. Four nights will quickly dream away the time. And so the moon, like to a silver bow new bent in heaven, shall behold these nights of our some kind, some cruel solemnities. <laughs>
fairies come. Hear them? Hush! See them rush in from all around. Little stars made manifold manifestations of light-footed luminosity. They implore each and every to, to join their warbling choir all. Pump and play and revel in. Aha! This will not be just any fairy fate. This is a fate in four nights when they shall play plays for themselves and we will tune in in secret. Look, they grab costumes, props, the fairy at arms hums and dances, prepares to sing. And thus we'll have it and hear it, and I'll translate it to you. A thousand thousand ways they'll find to entertain the hours. These hours, yours and theirs. For no two shall e'er be known so kind, and no life be known so blessed as ours by their fairy playing and dancing, drama and comedy and singing. And instruments. Now see all stories in these nights told o'er that all our minds transfigure so together. More witnesseth than fancies images and grow to something of great constancy. Thus, howsoever strain made at see the moon rising, a spotlight to shine upon the first spotted plot they'll play. They come in costume, yes, as mechanicals, rough and ready to rehearse. There is Quince, the bully bully, and Snug, the joiner, who would with wood change two to one. Starveling, the tailor, who takes and cuts out stars to place upon heaven's night. And Snout, the tinker, who has true metal. And Flute, whose breath does mend. And Bottom, whose hip rock bottom, the rudest of the rude mechanicals. An ass stuttering through life, drowning hope and pain in drink. Now's come night the first. The mechanicals. Mechanical.
comes from the Greek root, though through the Latin, mech, meaning machine or instrument or tool. This meaning is found in such words as machination. Is all our company here? First, good. Say what the play treats on. Then read the names of the actors, which is thought fits to. Mary, Mary, our play is the most lamentable comedy and most cruel death of Pyramus and Thisbe. <laughs> Answer as I call you Nick Bottom, the Weaver. Ready? Name what part I am for. And Proceed. You, Nick B -b 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 Bottom, are set down for Pyramus. <laughs> what is Pyramus? A lover or a tyrant? A lover that kills himself most gallant for l -l 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 love. That will ask some tears in the true performing of it. If I do it, let the audience look to their eyes. I will move stones. I will run gold in some measure. Yet my chief humor is for a tyrant. I could play Hercules rarely or a part to tear a cap in to make all split. The raging rocks and shivering shocks shall break the locks of prison gates, and the scar shall shine from afar and make and bar the foolish fates. <laughs> that was lofty. Now name the rest of the players. Flute. Francis Flute. Francis Flute. Francis Flute the bellows mender. Flute, you must take Thisbe on you. What is Thisbe? A wandering knight? <laughs> it is the lady that Puimus must love. Oh, nay, faith, let me not play a woman. <laughs> <laughs> let me play this be too. I'll speak in a monster for the voice. Face me, face me. Oh, Puimus, lover dear, thy face be dear, and lady dear. Here, a scene from Twelfth Night by that Mr. Shakespeare. Oh.
must play Pyramus and flute you Tisby. Well, proceed. Robin Starveling the tailor. Here, Peter Quince. Robin Starveling, you must play Thisbe's mother. Oh, yes. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tom Snout the tinker. Here, Peter Quince. You, Pyramus father, myself, Thisbe's father, snug the joiner, <laughs> you the lion's part, and I hope here is a play fitted. Oh, have you the lion's part written? Pray you, if it be, give it me, for I am slow of study. You may do it extempore, for it is nothing but roaring. Ah. Roar. Roar. Let me play the lion too. I will roar that it will do any man's heart good to hear me. I will roar that I will make them all say, let him roar again. Let him roar again. Here is he of the tapes by the slave, Mr. Shakespeare. should do it too terribly, you would fright the queen of the fairies that she would shriek 
and that were enough to hang us all. But I will aggravate my voice so that I will roar you as gently as any sucking dove. I will roar you as to any nightingale. You can play no part but Pyramus. For Pyramus is a sweet-faced man, a proper man, as one shall see in a summer's day, a most lovely, gentleman-like man. Therefore, you <sighs> must needs play Pyramus. No, I'll just drink my barmit. Drink! Masters, here are your parts. I will draw a bill of properties such as our play wants. I pray you, fail me not. Peter Quince. What sayest thou, bullied bottom? There are things in this comedy of Pyramus and Thisbe that will never please. First, he must draw a sword to kill himself, which the ladies cannot abide. How answer you that? Her leg, a powerless fear. I believe we must leave the killing out when all is done. Not of wit. I have a device to make all well. Write me a prologue and let the prologue seem to say we will do no harm with our swords and that Pyramus is not killed indeed and for the more better assurance tell them that I Pyramus am not him but bottom the weaver. This will put them out of fear. Well, we will have such a prologue. Will not the ladies be afeard of the lion? Therefore, another prologue must tell mm. that she is not a lion. Nay, we must name his name, and, and half his face must be seen through the lion's neck, and she himself must speak through, saying thus or to the same defect. It's effect. Ladies, or fair ladies, I would wish you, or I would request you, or I would entreat you not to fear, not to tremble, my life for yours. If you think I come hither as a lion, it were a pity of my life. No, I am no such thing. I am a man, as other men are. And there indeed let him name his name, and tell them plainly he is... It's not the joiner. Uh, it shall be so. And there is a hard thing, that is, to bring the moonlight into a chamber, for... You know, Pyramus and Thisbe meet by moonlight. Why, then one must come in with a bush of thorns and a, and a lanthorn and say he comes to disfigure or to present the person of moonshine. Then there is another thing. We must have a wall in the great chamber. For Pyramus and Thisbe says the story did talk through the chamber. Ah! You can't, you can't say that. that. Sorry. A hole in the wall. Uh, you can never bring in a wall. What say you, Bottom? Some man or other must present wall. And let him have some plaster or some loam or some rough cast about him to signify wall. And let him hold his fingers thus. And through that cranny shall Pyramus and Thisbe whisper. Hmm. Let's rehearse our song by wot, to each word a warbling note. Hand in hand with fairy grace will we sing and bless this place. 
and merry. See, they play at practicing a play. The play. That's the thing. And all their world's a stage. But not bottom. They're scrunched and scowling by that tree. Bottom with a dream of his drowning in a brown papered bottle and finding for himself at its bottom the end of his sad solitude most alone when in the midst of company. He greedily guzzles with such thirst that he doesn't even see standing close to his would-be cradle the fairy. Oh my, it's Oberon, the fairy king. Ugh, if that may be, then all is well. Come sit down, every mother's son, and rehearse your parts. Pyramus, you begin. When you have spoken your speech, enter into that break, and so everyone according to his cue. What hempen homespuns have we swaggering here? So near the cradle of my fairy queen. Speak, Pyramus. Disby, stand forward. What, a play toward? I'll be an auditor, an actor too, perhaps, if I see cause. The flowers of odious savor sweet. Odors! Odors! Odors, savor sweet. So hath thy breath, my dearest Tisby dear. But hark, a voice. Stay thou but here a while, and by and by I will to thee appear. A stranger Pyramus than e'er was found. I'll follow him and lead him here around. Most radiant Pyramus, most lily-white of you, of colour like the wed woes on triumphant wire. Most whisky juvenile and eke, most lovely Jew, as true as truest horse that yet would never tire. I'll meet thee, Pyramus, at Ninny's tomb. Ninus tomb, man! Oh, well, you must not speak that yet. That you answer to Pyramus. You speak all your part at once, cues and all. Pyramus, enter! Your cue is past, it is never tire! <laughs> if I were fair, Thisbe, I were only thine. <laughs> Why do they run away? This is a knavery of them to make me afeard. What do you see? You see an ass head of your own, do you? I see their knavery. This is to make an ass of me, to fright me if they could. But I will not stir from this place. Do what they can. I will walk up and down here, and I will sing. Dance and sing, dance and sing, dance and sing, around, around. 
dance and sing as they surround, but they also attach and attack as flying furies. They're chasing him around, around, around. He ducks and, oops, there he dives into the hollow of a log now stuck upon his ass's head. Hear his bellow. Hear his drunken echo. Speak! 
reefs that launched a thousand ships and burnt the topless towers of Ilium. Sweet Helen, make me immortal with a kiss. Her lips support my soul. See where it... Battle oh. my heart. Three-personed God, for you as yet but knock, breathe, shine, and seek to mend that I may rise and stand. For throw me and bend your force to break, blow, burn, and make me... And see the grave day sunk in hideous night. When I behold the violet past prime and sable curves all silvered o'er with white. When lofty trees I see barren of leaves, which erst from heaps did canopy the herd, and summers green all girded up in sheaves, borne on the bier with white and bristly. Then of thy beauty do I question make that thou amongst the waste of time must go, since sweets and beauties do themselves forsake and die as fast as they see others grow. And nothing against time's side can make defense, save greed to brave him when he takes thee hence. Ah. Worms on beauteous breath. But mortal grossness breaks the spell and it drives them mad, so they drive him hence. They drive him away, away, away. Until he falls fast and sleeps. Now here in this wooded brake, twixt waning night and break of day, the fairies hop and gamble and dance around the cradle of this asshead ass's ass, who snores, snores distinctly. What means in his snores? Till streaming soft, then strident, comes the sun whose beams break the fleeting night and those fairies fly. We'll wait then and join them next time as this, their night the first, now comes to close. Hush. This has been a work of InVision made possible by Dan and Gloria Logan. A Fairy Queen comes to life through the generous support of Mr. C. Fuller and with the additional participation of Rachel Barham, Daniel Booth, Julie Bosworth, Toby Carr, Katie Delamater, Eva Harmutova, Imke Janssen, Gavin Kibble, Mimi Mitchell, 
John Moran, Corbin Phillips, Andrew Sauvageau, David Schlafke, Maximiliano Segura Sanchez, Allison Smith, Nicolas Isabel Strauss, Cameron Welke, and Hendrik Jan Wolfert. Recorded in Baltimore by Tonal Vision, in London by John Henry Baker, and in Amsterdam by Tom Gallison. Made possible by the generous supporters and board of directors of In Series, Opera That Speaks, Theatre That Sings.